In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Book of Romans. If you have your Bibles, you may want to turn there, although there will be verses uh, on the screen uh, this morning, quite a few. I don't know if I'll get through everything, and if I don't, we'll stop and, and pick up uh, where we left off. But, uh, of course, the book of Romans is a, uh, a, a wonderful book. It's, uh, it's got so many teachings in it, doctrine, doctrinal teachings and uh, mysterious things and uh, some things we can't explain, some things that uh, we will never fully understand probably. I know in this life, but maybe in the life to come and, and maybe we'll, we, there won't be a need to understand everything. I mean, I, I don't know uh, what that will be like when, when we will see him as he is and we will be like him. And what that entails is probably greater than we can ever imagine anyway. But in Romans chapter 8, let's, uh, let's read together. Again, we uh, begin in verse uh, 28, and I will read through verse 30, even though we may not cover, I know we won't cover all of it. Uh, there's just so much here. It says, uh, in verse 28, that we looked at last week, and we know that God causes or works all things together, For good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He uh, foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom He predestinated, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. There's a mouthful there. And we will break it down as, as, uh, with God's help and by His grace. And uh, uh, if you look in the bulletin, you'll, you'll see that I, I entitled this election, although I will be dealing with other things as well. But this is a subject that uh, has uh, had uh, surrounding it a lot of controversy in the, in the past. People uh, get angry over this. They... <laughs> Uh, argue, they uh, debate, and, and what have you, and, uh, and that's okay in the sense of we ought to talk about the Bible. We shouldn't be afraid of speaking what we think it, it says, and, and, uh, because it is God's word uh, that we have, and we need to uh, heed it. Uh, anyway, we have been uh, looking at reasons in Romans chapter 8. Uh, for the certainty of our salvation. The reasons for the certainty of our salvation. And again, we find election is one of the reasons for the certainty of our salvation. That's all I'm saying. Uh, And uh, if you want to say, well, why did Paul mention this? Because it brings us assurance. It brings us assurance and uh, security, and uh, we can be certain of our eternal salvation. Uh, You might ask the question, how do I know I will make it to the end if I'm saved right now? And we began that last week, Uh, and and, uh, in this chapter we saw there's no condemnations. All of our sins have been dealt with, uh, forgiven, they're under the blood, 
uh, we have been, Paul says, set free from the law of sin and death. That's the first reason that we know uh, that we'll make it to the end. There's no condemnation. Also, we saw the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit, and He worked in us. He is the one who regenerated us. And He who began the good work in you will bring it to completion. What He starts, He finishes. And so we can be certain that uh, uh, He will continue that in the heart of the believer. Not only that, he, he even moves with groanings we talked about that cannot even be uttered. He, he uh, helps us in our prayers. It's kind of like somebody off stage. When somebody's on the stage trying to remember their lines, He's, he's back there telling us what to say, encouraging us and, and working in us. And so... All glory and praise goes to Him. And this is, uh, He wouldn't do that if it was up to us. He wouldn't do that if it depended on us. No, He is at work. And He's going to continue that work by His mighty power. And uh, also we saw that we're sons and daughters of God. We have been adopted by Him. And we have security and assurance because we're His child now. We've been adopted. We have all the rights and privileges. We're heirs and and we looked, at, we looked at all that. We're not going to go back and do that again. But uh, uh, that's a wonderful truth. And now we can cry, Daddy, Father, and uh, know that uh, all the sufferings that we're going through, uh, all things are working together for good to those that love God. Everything, uh, even though uh, everything seems to be upside down. And He is, he is doing that. And so... Uh, even all creation groans, uh, but is destined for glory. Another reason we know that the certainty of it, the assurance is we're destined for glory. The final thing here he says, in those he glorified. One day we're looking for the redemption of our bodies. And it's certain because we will, we, our bodies will be redeemed. And uh, just like the creation will be redeemed. And everything will be new. Oh, uh, a new heaven and a new earth. See, these are all, Paul is just pounding this home. He said, man, be assured. Be secure. And then he says, another reason is uh, uh, for our certainty of our salvation. He says, it's because of the decree or purpose of God or the doctrine of election. And uh, this is why he, he talks about it because it's that important. And it's not something you find in one verse, obscure somewhere. It's all through, particularly Paul's writings. You find it uh, to the elect lady and on and on. You can, you can read his, his epistles and find that uh, it's not something that's hidden. Uh, uh, so, don't be afraid of this doctrine. All right? Don't be ashamed of this doctrine. Don't be afraid to talk about this doctrine. You know, uh, because it's a wonderful doctrine. It's a wonderful doctrine. We're chosen. We're elected. It's not something to, to uh, gloat about. or No, it, it, it humbles you. It humbles you. We'll see that as well. But anyway, just a few uh, inter- introductory comments I want to say about this subject. I am not gonna, I'm not a hobby horse rider. I'm not, I don't take something in every week, just beat it to death and... Uh, I like verse-by-verse teaching through the Scriptures. And when I come to something, I'll I'll deal with it. I don't purposely skip over a difficult topic 
to deal with. Okay? And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's so important that we, that we don't skip what we would call controversial, difficult, or hard subjects. And uh, I, I'm, it's not to be avoided. What did Paul say to the Ephesian elders in, in Acts twenty twenty six? Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the what? The whole purpose of God, the whole counsel of God. Not just a few things, uh, but everything for their uh, uh, edification. In John 6, 60, uh, uh, is that the next one? Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, in Second Timothy three uh, sixteen, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. He says, and I will answer to God someday. I will stand before Him, and He, he will say. You either did or did not declare the whole counsel of God. You, why did you avoid this thing or that thing? And uh, I, I will have to give an account for that. And I don't. I want to be faithful. I want to be balanced in proclaiming the Word of God. I don't. You don't come in every week and hear the same message about, about uh, election every week. And uh, you know. It's, 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 not, uh, it's just something we've hit in this uh, portion of Scripture. It's in chapter 9, 10, and 11 of, of Romans. But I want to really deal with it strongly at this point. But uh, it's, it's, it's that important. Even, uh, these may have gotten out of line. Let's, no, okay. Uh, in Second Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14, turn there if you will. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. It's interesting, I was reading Spurgeon's sermon on election, and he said, if this verse were the only verse in all of the New Testament that dealt with this, he would believe in the doctrine. And uh, that's, that's a pretty interesting uh, statement. He said, and I agree, God has the right to choose his family because he is God. He can do that. But we should always, Paul says in verse 13 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, but we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation. Notice, he has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. It was for this He called you through our gospel and uh, that you may gain the glory of the Lord Jesus uh, Christ. And uh, uh, this, is, this is something that, uh, that's very dear and near to the heart of Paul. And we find it all through his epistles. Uh, remember, we love Him because why? He first, loved he first loved us. That's exactly right. And uh, let us not forget that. There, there's different men. There are different men that uh, 
hold this position and uh, uh, we'll be looking at, at some of those men. But uh, this is not uh, a heresy or some strange doctrine, I, I don't believe, but, but the very word of God. And it's sad that, that Christians uh, battle over this thing as they do. And I've been guilty of that myself. Uh, this is not, by the way, high doctrine that uh, only elders and preachers and deacons need to be concerned with. Okay? In other words, uh, Paul is writing this to the church at Rome. He's not writing this to the elders, uh, to those high up officials that need to hear this. Remember in Romans chapter 1, in verses 6 and 7, he said, he said, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So to all who are beloved of God at Rome. In other words, not just a few people that I want to hear this, but to everybody. So this is for all of us as well. And I believe this is what uh, Jesus taught in, in John 6.65, and he says, And he was saying, For this reason I have said to you that no man can come to me unless he has been granted him from the Father. Uh, we're chosen. We're elected. It's okay. Rejoice in that fact. Don't let your mind go to places it shouldn't go. Just receive it and be thankful. You see, it should make us, it should make our hearts rejoice and be thankful. Why me, Lord? Why would you ever, ever choose somebody as wretched as I am? And just praise me and give him the glory that you're not wandering around who could care less about any of this. You see. No, just give thanks to God that he had mercy on you. When he didn't have to have mercy on you, you realize he could have chosen just the Jews and the Gentiles would have been left out and he would have been just in doing that? Do you see that? Because the Scripture says that, that uh, they're his chosen people. But no, not just them, but us as well. And now Paul was a, a preacher to the Gentiles and God is saving millions of us it's a, it's, the Bible talks about the stars of the heaven, the sands of the seashore. That's how many there are. And Spurgeon said there'll be more in heaven than in hell. Amen. When you consider all the aborted babies, all those who have been born and died in infancy and so forth, I believe he's probably right. But that's up to God. That's not, that's not me to, to uh, uh, try to figure out. And, uh, uh, but it's not, it's not a strange doctrine or heresy. It's, it's found in the Word of God, okay? And it's everywhere. Once you see it, it's everywhere. And it's, it's something to, to rejoice about. This is not, by the way, a denominational doctrine either, uh, you know, held only by a certain small group who is obscure over here, and in, in the, the rest of the church denies it or something. No, this, this is spread over uh, many, many uh, uh, churches as well. Uh, the Anglicans, 
the Episcopalians. It's in the 39 articles of the, of the, the Christian religion. Go read the 39 articles and it'll blow you away. Uh, now, I don't know probably if most of the Episcopalians uh, or the Anglicans, because I didn't, have read them, but it's there. You'll see it uh, very plainly in those 39 articles. As a matter of fact, you probably wouldn't have a sermon like this preached in, in, uh, in a lot of churches. Also, the Westminster Confession of Faith of the Presbyterian Church is that. The old early Baptist Confession, the Philadelphia Confession of Faith, it's there. But anyway, Congregationalists believe this. Uh, Baptists believe this. Even some Methodists uh, believe this. Uh, a lot, uh, some non-denominational people believe this. George Mueller being one of them. We're all familiar with George Mueller who had the orphan homes in England. Dedicated his life to prayer. God answered the prayers from George. If, if you want a blessing, read Answers to Prayer by George Mueller. It'll blow you away. And so, but he held to this. And so, I don't say, uh, you know, that because these great men held it, you need to hold it. That's not what I'm teaching, okay? Uh, but I'm just saying you're in good company. It's not like just one person in the Christian faith sometime long, long ago uh, holds to this doctrine. Okay, that's all, that's all I'm saying in that because uh, good men can be wrong. I can be wrong. And, uh, but, uh, and also, this is not a doctrine tied to a certain system as well. Covenantal people believe this. Uh, dispensational people believe this. And uh, so it's, it's, we see it across the board. And uh, major theological books teach this. A.H. Strong, a lot of these people you won't know, and, and it's okay. Burkhoff, Hodge, Matthew Henry, most of you have uh, other men held to this. Augustine, Wycliffe, John Huss, who was burned at the stake. Luther wrote The Bondage of the Will. Of course, Calvin, uh, Cramner, uh, uh, Ridley, John Knox, who said, Give me Scotland or I die. John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. George Whitfield, tremendous evangelist. Jonathan Edwards. David Brainerd, missionary to the Indians. William Carey, who is the father of modern missionary movement. Uh, John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. Believe this. He was a slave trader, was bound for hell, and God turned him around. It's just a, and he wrote Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amazing grace. But read that and you'll see uh, that that's a wonderful testimony he had. And so it's sad though that Christians have bad feelings towards one another who hold this. It really is. It's just sad. And this isn't the only doctrine that's so controversial that you have even church splits over it. People get angry and and debate and and fight over it. But... uh, uh, it's in the scriptures, and we need to uh, look at the scriptures. That's what I'm talking about, looking at the scriptures now. And you be, you be convinced, not from me, you're not a follower of me, you're a follower of Christ and his word. Be convinced from scripture. That's all I'm asking. Be open enough to look at it. That's all. And say, Holy Spirit, if this is true, convince me of it. If it's not, Run from it as fast as you can. That's what Spurgeon said. He said, get out of there. But if it, if it rings true, he said, embrace it and, and love it. Uh, 
But uh, we need to love each other regardless of our differences and, and regardless of our interpretations. We're all in Christ. And we can love each other in spite of our differences. That's, that's what's so great about uh, uh, the Word of God and, and, and uh, the love of God. We can love each other. Uh, and, you know, are you willing to subject your, to yourself to the Bible and uh, to, to be open to what the Bible has to say? Uh, some have said this is a devilish doctrine. Those holding it cannot be Christians. Now, how do I know that? How do I know that? I was one of them. That's how I know that. I call this a devilish doctrine, and anybody who believed this couldn't be a Christian. When I was at Bob Jones, I had roommates that held to the uh, uh, election, and I would debate them, argue with them, get angry at them, and actually hate them because of this doctrine. Wouldn't talk to them. Would tell them why are they even going to school if they're holding to this. And they'd say, it's in the Bible. Here it is right here. You know, what are you angry about? And uh, it was interesting years later as I, as I began to study uh, the scriptures on my own. And uh, I was... I was sitting at the kitchen table. This was about three years after I'd graduated. And I was reading Spurgeon's sermon on Second Thessalonians, the passage that we read. And, uh, and I was trying to rationalize, bring everything together, get it all, all together, and understand it all, which you cannot do. Then God, I just started weeping. I just started weeping. And I wept for an hour uncontrollably for an hour because I realized all that time I'd been shaking my fist at God saying he could not choose his own family. I mean, I did. And there was anger. There was bitter. And all of a sudden, there was a peace that came over me. As a matter of fact, when I look back on I'm not sure I wasn't converted then. I... I, I, I don't think I was, but I mean, I'm just saying God did such a work in my heart concerning this doctrine that uh, it, was, it was a life-changing thing in my life. Uh, and uh, some people are raised on it, uh, never doubted it, but we all be, need to become like Jonah who said, salvation is from the Lord. He said it so long ago. Salvation is from the Lord. Give Him the praise. Give Him the glory. Why do you want any glory for it? You cannot save yourself. You're dead in your trespasses and sins. Give Him the praise. Give Him the glory. Uh, He saved me. He saved me, a wretch like me. And uh, uh, it just came together. And and, uh, wow, It's, uh, uh, it's a doctrine that you don't want to get in your head and not in your heart. Okay, You don't want to get it in your head in the sense of become proud about it. I'm elect. I'm chosen. You know, you've heard about the frozen chosen. It's true. You can, you can, I've, I've met them. I've met them. No life in them. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just up here. 
And remember, you can have it all up here, have it all right, and be lost. Do you understand that? You can have all knowledge and have not love and just be a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And I've known, I've known men and I have friends who don't particularly hold this position on election. Their definition is their peace. You know, I still love them. We'll hug each other when we see each other and we'll talk and, and, and he'll tell me, you know, he says, have you been converted yet? And, <laughs> and uh, you know, and so, but we, we, uh, we love each other. But if you, don't, if you don't get this in your heart, if you're not humbled by it uh, and become proud over it and puffed up about it, then you haven't understood it at all. Because it's amazing grace. Grace that saved a wretch like me. See, it's an amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Uh, And we need to just pray, God, uh, if this is truth, may I sink my roots deeper and deeper and deeper into your word, uh, into the truth of your word. Because truth in the heart will, will change you. It will bring holiness in your life and humbleness. You see, the doctrine of election, the fact that I've been chosen and that I believe, I mean, if it was intelligence, I'd have never gotten it. And, and, and uh, a lot of other people would never get it if it was intelligence because it's not intelligence. It's not how smart you are. It's God's grace. He has mercy on whom he will have mercy. And so uh, uh, remember that as well. And if you're proud about it, you don't, you don't get it because being chosen by God, being elected by God should humble you. It should humble you. Because when I started weeping there at the table, I realized that I had nothing to do with my salvation. That it was purely by His grace when He didn't have to have mercy. He did not have to open up the truth of His Word to me, but He had And I began to praise Him. I think for the first time in my life, I really understood grace in my life. Wow, God would save a wretch like me who deserves to to split hell wide open. And He saved me. Wow, what a wonderful God we have. A a sovereign God uh, who loves us that much. You see, it's not in the Scriptures. It's not talked about in in the Scriptures. Uh, to do anything but comfort us. It's, it's to comfort us. Uh, anyway, these are somehow or another got out of uh, they got out of sequence, so that's okay. In John chapter 10, uh, in Ch- John chapter 10, <clears throat> John chapter 10, turn there. <clears throat> You know, we've talked about when things seem to be upside down and, and uh, all these problems and all of these, these things that we, we think are coming against us. Uh, in John chapter 10, <clears throat> verses 26 and, and 29 through 29, what did, what did Jesus say? What did he say? 
he said, but you do not believe, speaking, uh, speaking to the uh, Jews there from verse 24, but in verse 26, but you do not believe because you're not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And that's not just with a head knowledge. That's sets my, to set your affection on to love. I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them. And they will what? Never perish. Never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. In other words, He's chosen us. And we're safe. That's what He's saying. You've been chosen. You've been elected. Therefore, you're safe. You're secure. Why? Because you love me. Yeah. It's because I first loved you. So you don't have to worry. You know, I loved God, but, but does God love me? No, you wouldn't love God if He had not first loved you. Because love is a fruit of the Spirit. And people walking around who are lost, a natural man, they don't know anything about the love of God. It's the agape love that only is a fruit of the Spirit, you see. And so uh, we, need to, we need to realize, no. We looked at the principle last week of uh, that God is causing all these things to work together for good. Suffering, problems, difficulties, all of these things are working for the Christian's good. Let us never forget that. And that, well, I'm not going to go through all of that again. You can get the tape. But we know by experience and we know by the Word of God uh, that these things are true. That all things we saw, not most things, all things, he says, and remember, if you can fall away, if you can be lost, then this verse is a lie. Because if there are things in your life that are leading you to be lost, then how can all things be working together for your good? They can't, you see. And so we're secure because everything's working together for our good. And uh, let us never forget that. I think I did see, yes, First John 4.19 we love because He first loved us. And also 2 Corinthians 16.22 If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. You see, that is the first characteristic. That is the first characteristic of real Christians that we find here in Romans 8.28 is that He loves God. Those who have been called love God. And you don't love God because uh, uh, you said, I think one day I'll just love God. No, you love Him because He set His affection on you. He loved you that much. And uh, uh, that's, that's the truth that we find in God's Word. This is only for real Christians. And we saw that even our sins work together. For our good. We, we looked at Joseph and, and, and how his brothers sold him. That was a sin of their brothers. He, they sold him into Egypt. But eventually that turned out for the salvation physically of, of the Jewish nation and what have you. So even our sins are working together for our good. Now, I'm not, don't go out of here and say I can go out and sin because it's working together for my good. That's not what I'm teaching. I'm just saying our mistakes, our falling, our stumbling through life is going to, even that is going to work together for our good. 
You have to, it's all things. Everything that, even the sins of Joseph's brothers eventually worked together for their good. Why? Because they were uh, saved in Egypt when they went to Egypt. They'd have died if, if that had not happened. They were starved because it wasn't anything to eat. And so you see, uh, God's word uh, is, is true. 1 John 5, 2, and we know, in this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. See, that's, that's the first characteristic of those who have been called and observe his commandments. We see that those that love God will obey him. Not perfectly, that's not what saves you, but there will be fruit in your life. There will be fruit in your life and you will observe uh, those uh, commandments of his. And that's, that's the, uh, the truth of God's word. Notice it doesn't say, for those that love God with all their heart. Do you love God? Does anybody here love God with all of their heart? We don't. But I've talked to Christians and I've asked them that question and they'll say, yes, I do. Yeah, I do love God. I said, wow, that's pretty incredible. Because I don't think I've ever loved God with all my heart. We can't while we're sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Yeah, we love God, but he doesn't say to the first degree, the tenth degree, or the nth degree. He just says, for those that love God. Why? Our love sometimes is very weak. It's a, fruit of the, it's a fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace. But those fruits of the Spirit sometimes become weak. I can't, I can't find my love sometimes. I can't find my faith sometimes. But you see, it's not me holding on to God. He's holding on to me. When I forget Him, He never forgets me. You see, this is the security, the assurance that we have. We are really His children. And He is working in us powerfully. Uh, according to, we are called according to His purpose. Wow. Now, what is the purpose? <laughs> I finally got to the first point. What's the first, what is the purpose connected to this principle? And I will not take us too much longer, I promise. But his purpose in this is to produce a new creation conformed to the image of his son. That's verse 29. That's what he's doing. Now, some of us, it's going to take a lot longer than others. Amen. Some of us are going to make it a lot closer than others. But he still is doing that. Have you ever met some Christians and you just go, wow, does, does he or she... I've never seen anybody that loves Jesus the way they do. You see, they're a lot closer. And, uh, uh, but he, he, uh, he is doing this. This is the, his purpose, that we might be conformed to the image of him, to the image of Christ. To the Im- Did you hear that? To the image of who? Not me. You don't want to be conformed to my image, I promise you. Now, as much as I am in Christ and you see Christ in me, yeah, you can imitate that. But you don't want to be conformed to my image. It's the image of Christ, not a man. Even though commentaries are great, Bibles are great, and there have been men that have written Bibles with their notes, they're great, study them. 
But you're not following a man. You're to be conformed to the image of Christ. You're to become like Christ. And that's our goal, is to be like Him. And nothing less. Amen. Walk the path. Ephesians 1.4, just as He chose us in Him, Again, very clear, we read, uh, Ben read that, just as we, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that's a long time ago, I think it's from all eternity, that we would be what? That's our goal right there, that we'd be holy and blameless before him. That we would be holy and blameless before him. Is that... Your desire. Is that your desire this morning? To be holy and blameless before Him. The purpose of election is conformity to the image of the Son of God. Anyone using election to defend sin is going contrary to Scripture. Anyone who uses election, and by that I mean, wow, I am chosen, I am elected, I can go out and just sin all I want to. That would be nice, wouldn't it, to have your cake and eat it? Well, it really wouldn't because that's not my heart's desire. Because God has changed my want to. See, now I want to serve Him. Now I want to live for Him. Now I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. Because it's His Spirit working in me. So anybody that has that attitude, I would doubt whether they know Christ or not. You say, no, we are are chosen. We are elected uh, to be holy. And then, I'll end on this. What is the rest of the purpose? It's found in that verse, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, that he might be the supreme one. That he might be the exalted one. That he might be the head. His glory is the, the greatest end, the great end of all creation and redemption. Christ is the central point in the history of the universe. He is the central point in the history of the universe. What do I say every Sunday? It's all about Do you think it is? It is. All praise and all glory goes to Him. Your salvation, all praise and all glory, it goes to Him. You had nothing to do with it. Let it go. And you'll find a peace, a joy in giving him the praise and the glory that you're not smarter than the average bear. And it was you that did it and, and, you, and you're, you brag about it and what have No. Give him the glory because he deserves it. Be humbled by the, by the fact that he has chosen you. Be humbled by that and give him the praise. And... Uh, uh, you'll find, I think, in doing that, there'll be a joy and a peace that you've never experienced before in your life. It did in my life. 
And God uses different things to bring that about in, different, in, in people's lives. But for me, it was such a release to know that now I can trust in a sovereign God. A sovereign God, and we're going to see that next week, who has a plan. He has a plan, which is what? For, foreknown, called, justified, glorified. That plan is right there in verse 29. And he is going to do what? Carry out that plan. How many are going to be lost? None. Zero. Why? Because his plan will not fail. All things are working together for good to those that love God. See, we can find, you can find great comfort in that. You can rest in Jesus. What did he say? All who are weary and heavy laden, come unto me, and I will give you what? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning for the comforting uh, doctrine of election. And Father, that we can rest in the finished work of Jesus. Lord, I, I, I know, Lord, I, I stumble and I, I, I bumble through. Uh, but Lord, I pray that you would take your word. I pray that you would uh, take your truth and sear it upon our hearts. And Lord, that we might find joy and peace and comfort in Jesus. That we would see that we're not holding on to Him, but He is holding on to us. And that we can trust Him and know assuredly that He will never forsake us or leave us or let us go, even though at times we let Him go. Lord, we need Your grace. Give me grace uh, to walk out and live what I preach. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. <clears throat>